0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited about our special guest, Bill McDonald. Bill, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: So Bill, before we get to where you are today, we'd love to know a little bit about your background,
1: maybe where you're from and where you started. Totally. Um, You know, I'm originally from Michigan, and I currently am living in Colorado in Grand Junction. And um, I really came from a a family of companies, Uh, both my my mom and dad uh, ran companies, so I grew up in a, a company family, you could call it. Awesome! Yeah.
0: Okay, so where in Michigan?
1: Uh, so it's the Hand State. I like yes. to use the Hand. We're by the Bay Area in Saginaw, which is about two hours north of Detroit.
0: Oh my so gosh, my dad's yeah. from Saginaw.
1: No way. Yes, are and my serious?
0: dogs are from Flint, Michigan.
1: No way. Yes,
0: and they call it Saginawasty. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes totally. My grandparents lived there yeah. until they passed away. So. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. Small world. Super small
1: world. Cool.
0: Um, I love to go visit there. I love Mackinac Island. You and know,
1: my, my brother was just there this past weekend. With his family, he hit had a ball.
0: Awesome, yeah, yeah. very cool. Okay, yeah. small world, so yeah. we go way back, you know, we, we're, we're way yeah. back.
1: Yeah, disconnected.
0: Um, okay, and then Grand Junction is where you live now. So what are you doing in Grand Junction, and kind of how did you get there? Tell you us know, a little
1: bit more. Uh, my company, Phoenix House, we uh, focus on manufacturing uh, single-family homes in an off-site production method. Okay. So we used to have a facility in Detroit, and then we made the move to Colorado fall of t- 2017. Uh, in search for commercial real estate so really what brought us there was the commercial real estate uh, search for a larger facility to produce what we make
0: okay cool so how long have you been
1: in Grand Junction Uh, since that time since fall 2017 like uh, I think it's October we cool. started. It's about two years, years so, yeah. Goodness. So
0: I actually went to college at Mesa State. No way. Graduated from oh there. Oh uh, my two little brothers were born in Grand Junction at St. Mary's. No way. Yes. And uh, so I lived in Grand Junction when I was young, and then also during college. I uh, Am a, an alumni from there. So That's you, huge. Yeah, it's huge now. Grand wow. Junction is huge now compared yeah, to what it used to it's be. It definitely has grown. It's getting there. Now. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey in the off-site construction?
1: Totally. Um, so really if you look at just, you know, where we got started or where I got started, it's passion with um, construction. You know, I, I started working with a, uh, a builder in high school. And right off the bat, I found that I would like to maybe change a few variables. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was a great experience growing up. Um, and a little bit more about our family history is we're actually... Um, our My grandfather comes from Germany. Okay. And there's a lot of uh, motivation in our family to do things the German way, say. <laughs> and if you look at their building industry, they focus a lot on the off-site construction and wood-based. So you could say a lot of the passion came from, you know, where that... Inspiration came from was the family, and looking to do something um, truly unique. And if you look at the European building industry, uh, most of it's offsite based, and that technology really hasn't hit the states until these last kind of couple of years. This offsite trend, it's a new trend. Uh, you know, there's been manufactured housing, there's been double wide kind of sort of construction, there's been modular, but now it's really progressed to a mature state. That I think it's really you know kicking it in the butt.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because I'm also in construction industry and I was having a conversation with someone just the other day about this and it's like, you know, I feel like where, and I would love your thoughts on this, but a big piece of this offsite construction trend and moving it really into the actual what's happening in our marketplace, it has to do a lot with education.
1: Totally. Do you agree? Yeah.
0: I feel like where we kind of, where it's like there's nothing being done necessarily. I mean, not, not nothing, but... There hasn't been a ton being done to bring people into the trades. Mm-hmm. So we are going to have sort of this this gap where maybe now there's a big focus on this trades and bringing people into the trades. But we had sort of like a 10 or even longer year gap where we didn't bring anyone into the trades. Right. So as people start to retire and kind of that other generation starts to retire and we don't have this this new influx until a little bit like maybe right now we're starting to get that. Yeah. But that gap is really the time frame that we're looking at where we're saying, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna build? If we don't have people to build it, what does that look like? And I think that's why this, this offsite construction is so timely, mm-hmm. but it's just like, we're kind of in that like realm where we're still having to educate and bring people on board.
1: Constantly. Do you agree yeah. that that's sort of- And just speaking to that is that, um, you know, the, the piece that we also focus on with offsite construction is uh, speaking to high performance and low energy use, if we think of you know, how buildings are built. Um, if you look at the current, you know, code requirements to, to, you know, to perform energy-wise, energy um, the system we, that we build uh, performs at a passive house level of performance, which really is looking at trying to find ways to go off-grid or to use renewable energy as the main source of power. Wow. And, uh, you know, if you look at it, um, if we can find ways to reduce the large impact uh, of your, you know, daily consumption of, of energy, we can find ways to switch to renewable sources pretty easily.
0: Wow. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about passive? Is that what you focus on as the passive house? We
1: do. We started with this because if you think of it as uh, matching uh, passive house construction or performance with off site construction, it's a nice marriage. You've got the ability to add value to a to something that's happening offsite. So if the complexity increases, it's easier to integrate that into an off site solution versus integrating those on site. Um, and I see that the trend is going to certainly, you know, consumers are going to demand more performance. They're going to ma- demand more out of the buildings. And this is one way to do that. That's not to say that we still don't, you know, service the demand for, you know, current construction. It's just that it's nice to set a high bar and then we can work towards that. So we think about it.
0: Wow. So in the the kind of passive house and, um, and off-site construction arena, how are you seeing things trend or change now based on even how they were a few years ago and where do you see them going
1: you know it's evolving i would say that uh five ten years ago to build at a higher level or to build at a high performance and even an off-site method a lot of the information is really um it's not common or it's hard to find what i see evolving is manufacturers that are focusing and looking to support that kind of performance to that kind of level i'll give an example um, windows and doors are being, you know, produced better for air tightness and R value. Uh, mechanical equipment, for example, is is uh, there's innovations that are occurring to reduce the, the uh, or to, to increase the performance of you know mechanical systems. And most notably, I would say that I would I would definitely say that the offsite trend, the consumers are way more aware of this as a solution, and uh, so are the designers, the builders, the GCs are looking to service that kind of meet you know that demand.
0: Absolutely. I feel like they're going to have to do something. And I think this yeah. kind of this new generation of builders and GCs that are coming into the market are sort of, they're more technology driven or more comfortable with technology at least. Sure. Um, they're yeah. willing to, to look at it and say, okay, we've been building this way for umpteen years, hundreds mm-hmm. of years, but things are evolving and we've got to be willing to be flexible and evolve with it. Right,
1: Right. I mean, just this morning, for example, I had a conversation with, uh, a design architect firm that's looking to design their, their designs uh, with DFMA and DFMA stands for design for manufacturability and assembly and that's an important uh, key piece because if you can think of a design as um, using the constraints of an offsite building construction process, you can find ways to take out inefficiencies and have that go faster. So that, that's an evolutionary step that really is happening now that maybe hasn't happened in the past or, you know, I've not heard of that happening as often as I see it now. So that's, that's a great evolutionary, you know, uh, step that I am hearing, you know, kind of like keeping your ear down to the, to the rural tracks kind of thing.
0: That's awesome. So when you talk about design, you know, I feel like sort of the stigma of offsite construction is like, Oh God, we're going to get this, you know, one single box. Or maybe this double wide, right. double wide box, yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, problem. that's not really what we're looking for, especially right. today, while everybody wants all of these beautiful design features. Can you tell us a little bit? Like, is there a, a change in that area as well? Sure. Or?
1: I mean, um, the, the, there's a few modes of offsite construction, and really, the ones that I would identify with, or uh, the ones that I'm aware of, are the, uh, the 3D boxes, so like your modular construction. Then you've got the 2D panels, which we produce. Then there's some hybrid offerings like bathroom mods or bathroom modules. And um, as you see that that is now catering to a more custom market that you can do custom homes with these products and that that's evolved with the manufacturers that actually make these. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really great.
0: So a lot of change coming in that regard. And I'm excited great. to see it happen because I think now is sort of the time. I mean, I'm all for like 3D printing houses. Yeah, right. I mean, that's really cool, too. I think so.
1: Uh,
0: that's awesome. So thank you for sharing a little bit about your background. You know, the theme of this um, of this vlog and, and this interview is really social capital and sort of how our ability to build relationships and how our network can really be a power source and a, and a catalyst to our success. Can you talk to us a little bit about how you see relationships having been critical to your success? Oh,
1: completely, um, and it's it's exactly that. And that's, I think that anyone that is either running a company or starting an idea has to, it's it's not just a one-man band, and it really comes from solid relationships. Uh, the ones that I can speak to are the ones that are um, helped you know, program this European-based building system and bringing that to the United States. Uh, we have, uh, and I have a great relationship with Uh, timber framers and uh, uh, 3D modelers 3D CAD work design modelers that really are all from uh, Switzerland, Austria, Germany, New Zealand I mean you can kind of understand these companies our our countries and um, What I the approach that I took was really what inspired me most so in my early years and in my finding years I found uh, some projects that had happened in uh, the what is it the whistler uh, british columbia there's a ski resort there um and they had done some prefab passive house there also okay. construction and i had a chance to meet with the owner of that firm that had that done that first sort of panelized product back i think it's about 10 years ago now and i've had a chance to stay in touch with the people that helped make that design possible make the manufacturing possible and those relationships have continued i still stay in touch with many of those um european you know, uh, designers and builders that are now landed and in, in operating in the United States and North America. Awesome, yeah, totally. Yeah. So,
0: so that's international relationship it really building. Is. It Social really capital is. goes internationally. Yes,
1: and and it'd be nice to follow up and always go and visit those core countries too. <laughs> yes. Each and every time.
0: <laughs> I mean, why not, right? right. Get the right. opportunity and go. Right. Uh, so you know, in the the um, essence of of relationship building and the power of our network. Would you say that there are a few kind of key ingredients that you need to make sure you have if you're building social capital or just building relationships with people either internationally or locally?
1: You know, I would say it comes down to really um, clean and and clear communication and a sense of caring. I would really operate that. That's how I operate, is that I'm not in it for the short term. I'm looking to generate a long-term relationship. And that, that really comes through in the kind of communication as far as uh, the effort that you put into either setting up meetings or appointments, or in-person, you know, conversations, and looking to really invest into that relationship, and not just looking at the short-term, either project or the short-sighted, you know,ness of that, and uh, you know, that that comes true is that you know maybe maybe for example we want to do a project together it doesn't work okay say it doesn't happen on the first one that's fine I'm in it for the long term so the carrying the long term has been a key characteristic for me. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. huge. And I'm with you. I mean, you and I have even been introduced through a mutual contact and it's, it's really fun to see how those different, um, those relationships end up panning out, even if in the beginning it may not be what you thought it was, Mm -hmm. or you may not even have an idea of what it will be, right? There's
1: examples of that all the time where if you meet someone, you think that you would work on, you know, work on something. And I randomly if something else works it happens more daily now these days it's, it's fantastic yeah.
0: <laughs> it is and it, that whole like six degrees of separation yes. i feel like is like getting yes. smaller
1: and smaller i mean if you're from saginaw i don't know if it gets any smaller than I, the
0: know, I know i know it, it's uh it's fun my dad would would love to talk to you he, mm-hmm. he uh has all kinds of stories he could probably tell you the street he lives on you guys might have been neighbors love it. you know i'm
1: sure we were uh
0: or at least your families <laughs> yeah um so you know in in looking at that and now seeing kind of where you've come you're still a young guy, but, but looking at kind of where you were and your ideas about the world then to where you are now, do you have any advice that you'd like to give our audience just sort of about that, that journey of, of success?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say that, um, the, you know, on the entrepreneurial side or looking as far as just investing into relationships, it's that long-term piece too. Uh, but aside from that is I would definitely say you have to exercise a level of strength and will to just you know stick with an idea if you're looking to um, start something or to you know if you have an idea it's the key is to sticking to it uh, and it's easy to quit or it's it's difficult to think that maybe you know it's um, it's time to quit in an example or a project but I've had success that if you can you know hold out stick to it in the long term you will find success if you just stick to you know that original uh, inspiration that you have that's huge, yeah. just
0: don't quit, right? Yeah, right. Just stick it out, just don't quit. There's That's it, great
1: advice. There's a saying that I stick to, it's uh, if there's a will, there's a way. It was taught to us as an early age from our grandparents, and I really like that saying, so I stick to that.
0: <laughs> My nana taught me that too. Nice. There's a will, yeah. there's a way, but right. you better get after
1: it. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Uh, get it done. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in our in our previous conversation, you were talking a little bit about a TED talk that you've yes. done. Can you tell us a little bit about sure, that? Sure.
1: Sure. Um, this back in uh, 2016, I believe was the year, I, I pitched an idea to TED. Uh, it's TEDx Detroit when we were based in Detroit. And it was about a building revolution. And it's speaking to this, basically, this exact topic, um, either the offsite construction as well as the Passive House building standard. And uh, that was just a really great topic at the time, speaking to a new trend in building, which is focusing on the performance and the offsite nature. And then in the talk, I related it to um, Tesla cars. Yeah. And that it took them about a you know many years to get started, and they had really great. Um, Uh, you know ramping up when they had a technology that was scalable so you could really relate that back to also what we and other manufacturers are doing as well is taking that you know three percent of new construction starts in uh, US or North America and increasing that total kinda like electric car technology is that more adoption is just gonna mean better results you know better products for what we actually do so a little bit to that.
0: Hey, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, being involved, Ted, is, is a fun thing to be involved in, yes. so congratulations on, on getting on the stage there. Thank you. Um, so you kind of gave us a little bit of background. You've given us a little a little dip in the water as to what you're doing right now, but is there any fun adventure you're involved in or anything that you want to just share with the audience and make sure that they can get involved with you as well?
1: Totally. Thanks for asking. Um, you know, something are working on is a vertical step, uh, as an offsite manufacturer, sometimes it's hard for the consumer to realize the, or see the benefits of using that methodology or the, the standard that we build to. So we're looking and starting a project called Homestead where we're focusing on co-living. Co-living is defined as where you're living in a, a shared space and you create a community. So we're starting this uh, build off this fall and looking to have it f- uh, wrapped up in 2020. So stay, stay tuned as far as that gets done. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's awesome. So yeah. can you
0: tell us a little bit of more about that in, sure. and how I, I think I've seen the pictures of some of your ideas Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how to do one of those myself. That's
1: great. I think it's great. Um, you know, it, it stems from an interest to having uh, a programming healthy housing just start there. And, what really I would define as healthy housing in my research is this demand for um, shared living. Just, you know, sum it up like this. And the benefits are the reduced cost of that housing so as to reduce the cost of say rent. Um, And that in a community space, if you're in a community environment, you're working on this idea of even a sense of loneliness. Uh, In this day and age with our smartphones we tend to be more disconnected even though we're connected. Um, And then really as uh, the millennial generation ages They are plagued with student loan debt, and they're finding that they're looking at renting as a lifestyle. And I think that you really package that into a solution uh, for a a type of development or home that can be a real, you know, grand slam play for both the rental return as well as the um, the quality of life that you're generating in that in that kind of program of space.
0: So, would that look like a a single family type residence with multiple entries to special, like to specific rooms, and then a common space within that?
1: Building or structure? Or? Totally. You mean you, you picked up right on it? It's um, it's the ability to have a separate egress, um, some flexible spaces, but yet still private, you know, bathrooms and bedrooms, and that that shared common area is definitely a, has a shared access, but there's redundancies, so like a larger kitchen or two kitchens uh, in that example, and that buildings tend to be max occupancy in that single family zone nature around max 10, 10 people, because beyond that you're t- talking a commercial product, which this could be applied to commercial construction as well.
0: That's awesome. I love the idea. I mean, I would love to see more of these kind of spaces coming. And Me I think too. I think you're right. Yeah, I think we're we're on trend for that. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about community. And I think yeah. community is such a huge piece of your social capital and of building social capital. Can you kind of give us just your thoughts and, and your research yeah. or whatever you might sure. have found about community?
1: Definitely. I think it's a great question because it relates a lot to what you see in the success of the co-working uh, uh, field or the co-working buildings. Really, the, the key characteristics there is that even if you compare it to like even CrossFit as a, an exercise platform, really I think what makes people coming back or in you know really supports a level of healthiness and sticking to itness, it's the community where you create relationships and you find ways to have a, kind of like a, a strong bond. And it's the same thing with the living piece. What I see really happening more and more is that people are actually see, seeking that community step out, whether it's an exercise of the working or the home life. And uh, the benefits there are just, you know, you're avoiding that loneliness piece. You've got a support network around you. Yeah, right? yeah. it's so
0: interesting, community. I talk about it sometimes, but I sold these puppies, oh. and I had ten puppies, and we have such a great sense of community just yep. in our puppy families. Really? I mean, it's like puppy birthday parties. <laughs> Come, everybody shares crazy, and yep. helps helps uh, you know take care of each other's puppies when they go on vacation, and it just has showed me such a a, a unique picture of how. Yep. People really want to come together and be yeah. around a common interest.
1: I would agree with that because I would say that's the success of what I've seen as successful, either co-working even co-living. Because co-living is happening around the world too. It's not just a United States thing. In fact, it comes from Europe again, which you can see the trend <laughs> here. Um, is that with the successful uh, the co-working or sorry co-living is um, it's usually a shared value, shared interest piece where. We're all entrepreneurs or we're all outdoor adventure enthusiasts or we're all nurses. I mean, there's, you can kind of have fun and play with it and make it what you want. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, thank yeah. you for so much for sharing that. Thanks. And uh, we are very excited to see how Homestead unfolds. Thank please you. keep us posted. We'll have all of the information to reach Bill on in the show notes. So please feel free to reach out to him. And uh, do you have any, as we kind of wrap up, any final thoughts?
1: you know just um, stick to the stick to itness i like that <laughs> and remember if there's a will there's a way and look forward to touching base on uh, co-living in 2020
0: awesome yeah. well bill thank you so much for being a guest it's been awesome having Thanks. you nice and to you uh, we look forward to seeing you again
1: soon same here thank you thank you yep
0: that's all for this episode of social capital expert Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.